Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuhu. This is Abdul Nasser Jengda, and you're listening to the Qalam Podcast. The Qalam Podcast has become an important part of people's lives all around the world. There are millions of people benefiting from the podcast every single day. Thousands of hours of content, dozens of different series from all the different teachers and scholars here at Qalam. All of this is delivered to the community free of charge. We are excited and actively working to grow and increase our efforts to deliver more and more benefit to the community. We ask you to support our efforts and become part of the Qalam family. Please go to qalamfamily.com and sign up to contribute to this Sadaqa Jariya on a monthly basis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us Jazakumullahu khairan wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin wa salatu wa salam ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wa hubba amalan yuqarribuna ila hubbik ya arhamar rahimin We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, to give us his love, to give us the love of those actions that will gain his love, and to give us the love of those people that he loves. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make this a gathering by which we increase our understanding of the tricks of shaitan so that we can protect ourselves. Um, this life is a war. The Quran tells us that we're at war with shaitan. Um, and you can't win a war if you don't win battles. And this class is about learning the battles that take place between us in this spiritual realm, these shayateen that are there, uh, that are impacting us and how we think and what we're talking about and all of these things. Um, last, yesterday, last class, we talked about uh, gratitude and how uh, shaitan keeps us looking everywhere else. Uh, and we talked about us, one way he takes away happiness is he makes us think about the yesterday that never was. The yesterday that never took place, the yesterday that never happened, we sit there and say, what if, what if, what if, what if? Um, and um, that was one trick of shaitan that I hope throughout this week you just felt more woke. You just felt more aware that every time you were sitting there thinking, what if? You were like, hold up. Now I already know what's going on here. Um, so today, inshallah ta'ala, uh, we're going to be talking about one door to the heart that shaitan uses that I've been really looking forward to talking about for a few weeks now. Um, and Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says, وَمِنْ أَبْوَابِهِ الْعَظِيمَةِ One of the greatest doors to the heart. Let me back up. We talked from the beginning of this dars that uh, some of the scholars say, like, your heart is like a castle. The heart is like a castle. Um, and, and your enemy is trying to attack this heart. And he's trying to get inside because if he, gets, if he conquers that, you lose. It's over. And Imam Ghazali said, this castle has doors. And, and each of these doors... If you're sleeping, if you're not aware, if you're not blocking and guarding that door, shaitan will come in through that door. And so we talked about all these different doors, quote-unquote, that shaitan uses to come in. And tonight we're going to talk about a major door, and that is the door of, of wealth, of wealth. And this is a heavy one, this is a heavy one, um, but it's important for us to study what the scholars have said and how shaitan uses wealth um, as a way to... To, to, to take over and, and to make us lose this battle. Um, real quick, one last time, I'll ask the brothers to move forward, inshallah, and if there's oh, tons of room in the back, so we're good. Jazakallah khair, that's the last time. So look at what he says here. Imam Ghazali, he says this. He says that 
one of the greatest doors to your heart that shaitan will attempt. Wait till I get settled, inshallah. One of the greatest doors that shaitan will attempt to go through to get access to your heart is the door of wealth. He says, listen closely. He says, everything that goes above your necessity, what you need, it's called in Arabic kut. It's called kut. It's just what you need to survive. It's, it's what you need, that base level of what you need. And again, that's different for everyone, but we'll talk about that. He says, everything above that, everything above that level of what you need to survive, that's what shaitan is going to try to get you through. Now, what do you mean? What does that mean? How is he going to try to get to us? He says, listen to this example. When I read this, my mind was blown. He said, He says, imagine if you found, you know, like $10,000. You found $10,000, right? And you don't know the ruling. You can't just pick stuff up and keep it in Islam. So you was like finders, keepers, losers, weepers, right? So you took that $10,000. He says, just on the pathway. Oh, wow. Alhamdulillah. He says, from this 10 grand that just came to you, in your heart will arise 100 new desires, each of which take 10 grand to take care of. I read this. I was like, oh my God. Many of us, what we think is, and, and if you aren't in the grinding phase of life yet, you kind of have this fictitious idea that if I get to a certain number, I'm good. But people who have been through the game, they're like, yo, Habibi. Um, see, how about this? I'm going to give you an equation. Anything over zero is zero. If you have emptiness inside, you can put anything on top. You'll have nothing. Oh, yeah, I got to hold up on that one, yo. Makare, anything above zero is nothing. The zero is you. If you're empty, if you're empty, it doesn't matter how much you have. You're not going to be okay. You're not good. So he says, listen to what he says. He goes, so you find 10 grand on the street. He goes, first thought is, oh, I'm good. Let me pick this up. Let me scoop this up. I'll be good. But he goes, no. He goes, from your heart will, will come uh, uh, desires and plans and plots and schemes and whatever. I could flip this. I could do this. And every one of those desires that come needs its own 10 grand. So what you get now isn't enough for you. He goes, now you need you need 900,000. Before you even saw the money, you were like, oh man, you know, 200 bucks for today, I'd be good. You picked up 10 grand, all of a sudden now, he's like, you're like, oh, now I need, I need 900,000 now. Now this is the crazy part. He goes, and before you even saw that 10 grand, you were good. Hold on, y'all. Like before you picked that up, you were good. You were just, I, let me get my drink. I got my root sohba drink. I'm good. I'm all right. We go to the gym. Let me go running. Let me do whatever. This money came. All of a sudden, from that money, this door opened up. This door opened up. And, and, and again, it's something that we hear so much, but we have to reiterate this point. Um, 
In the words of someone, no, I ain't even going to do it. Forget it. More money, more problems. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's all. That's all. Those who know, know. I have Jahiliya, yo, Makaira. Don't judge me. I have a Jahiliya, okay? So, so this is what he says. So look what he says next. He goes, Fel'an lemma wajida mi'ata. He says, he says, this, he goes, lemma wajida mi'a. When you found the 10,000, you thought, annahu sara biha ghaniyan. You thought you became rich, but in fact, you became in need. In fact, you became in need. Need to what? More. So why? Why? Because, and this is the crazy part. When you level up, you got to level up everything. <laughs> Makaire, when you level up, now you got to get the sneakers to match you leveled up. You got to get the shirt to match that you leveled up. You got to get the car to match that you leveled up. You got to, now, now you have to keep leveling up. Because you don't fit the class unless you got everything with it. So what is, this is Imam Ghazali, this isn't me, y'all. He goes, now you need more money. You were okay before, but now you need more money because you got to buy the house to match that money. Then you got to buy, he says, you got to buy the stuff to go in the house. And you got to buy the clothes to go with it. So you look the way that you, the money that you have. And he says, before this, now you're in the rat race. You're in the rat race. You're in the rat race. Until what? Al-hakum takathur you die in the rat race. You die chasing after it. So here's what we have to understand. Um, until we develop contentment, no matter how much you have, you'll feel empty. But here's where it gets deep. Imam Ghazali says, this is the first door to your heart shaitan will really try to go through, is this door of money. So when money starts to come in, please, Cliff, note this. When money starts to come in, that's when you got to be like, okay, shaitan, I'm watching. I'm watching. I, I got to keep, because the, the Sahaba said, we dealt with the, with the fitna of poverty, but the fitna of money, we, some of us failed it. Meaning when we didn't have money, okay, bread and butter days as we call them. Bread and butter, I'm good. Right? But when money came in, oh man, then we couldn't hold. And that's what destroyed us. So the first thing I'm going to mention here is the Prophet ﷺ, when he made dua for his family, he didn't say, oh Allah, bless my family with wealth. And then he also didn't say, make my family poor. He made a middle dua, which was, oh Allah, ij'al rizqa ali Muhammad quta. I love this dua. Because like low-key, if we're real with each other, man, all of us, I think we'll all face the same issues, which is we start making earning a living. And now the standard of living that you had when you grew up, you're giving your children a higher standard. I don't know about y'all. I'm speaking for myself. But it was rough. It was rough. No? Uh, uh, the overflow is in the uh, multi-purpose hall. So if you, like, yeah, inshallah. That's the, uh, there's more room in the other room back there, inshallah. Um, I'm sorry, I'll say Muhammad. Was I? Oh, there you go. Ustad <laughs> Murphy. Look at that serving people. You know what I mean? He's serving drinks, taking like where's room to sit. He's a, a, a scholar of religion, man. Wow, Akbar. Okay. See, here's the issue. The prophet made a dua which teaches us something. That scholars are saying that when you go above what you need, this is where shaitan starts to, starts to play with you. 
right? It doesn't mean that the wealth is bad. And I'm going to talk a long time about how good money is in a moment. So if you're waiting for the prosperity part, it's coming. But first, we got to be on point and be aware that once you go above necessity, because when it's just necessity, Shaitan's like, yo, my man's just here. What can I bother him? But once you go above, now you start plotting. How can I invest? Let me buy Bitcoin. Let me buy this. Let me buy that. Let me buy it. Right? That's where it comes. So the prophet made this dua, Allahumma jal rizqa Adi Muhammad quta. I was saying when I grew up, we, we had it tough, y'all. And I'm sure some of y'all can resonate with that. It wasn't easy. Your parents struggled to give you what you had. But here we are in this room, you know, a bunch of IT faces I see, you know what I mean? Y'all just got a different glow, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Some of y'all got two that don't know about each other. Ain't going to say nothing about that. But money's coming in. And now the issue that we have with that next generation is teaching them the, the value of this wealth and, and, and the blessing of it. Let's say it that way, the blessing of it. And, and so the prophet made a dua. Oh Allah, make the sustenance of my family enough. That's it. We don't want extra, ya Allah. We just want enough. And that's the dua of the prophet, sallallahu Now, before we go into this next trick of shaitan regarding wealth, I think it's important for us to all understand um, the blessing of wealth real quick. Um, the pro in the Quran, whenever money is talked about, the word fadl is used, bounty. So first thing first, I'm not about to give a whole talk tonight about how evil wealth is. You're going to get in your car all sad, pushing buttons to start, you know, <laughs> and you're like, dang, man. Nah, wealth is a blessing. There's a hadith where the Prophet said, Good money for a good person is a blessing. Good money for a good person is a great blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All the prophets worked to earn a living for themselves. And just to bring the point home, there was one sahabi, Sa'ad bin Mu'adh, who was on his deathbed. He didn't pass away, but he thought he was going to die. And he starts giving all of his money in charity. And he goes, Ya Rasulullah, all of my money is charity. The prophet's like, all? You can't do that. He's like, half. The prophet's like, yeah, you can't do that either. He's like, thuduth. The prophet's like, okay, you can give a third of your wealth in charity. But then he says these words. He says, for you to leave your family with money is better than to leave them asking for handouts from the people. So what I'm trying to highlight through this part of my talk with y'all is that we're not saying wealth is a bad thing. We're just trying to highlight the potential danger that lies when it's excess. And there's one hadith that will really teach us. And it's a beautiful hadith. This hadith is narrated in many of the books of hadith. Abu Sa'id Khudri says this. This is a hadith of the Rasul. Anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal, Inna mimma akhafu alaykum badi, ma yuftahu alaykum min zahrati dunya wa zinataha. The Prophet says, the thing that I'm worried most when I leave, is that the world is going to open up and you're going to get everything you want. Money's going to start coming. And, and for sure, that's what happened to the Muslim community. I'm, I'm, that's what I fear most. So then one man was in the gathering and he goes, Ya Rasulullah, He goes, wait, can good bring bad? So what he understands is that money's good. See, that's the thing. He understands money's a blessing. And the reason why it's a blessing is because it makes you mustagni. You don't need anyone else. 
And that's the, that's the blessing of wealth. So the Prophet ﷺ, he says to the Prophet, can good, something good bring something evil? So then the Prophet ﷺ, it says, فَسَكَتَ The Prophet was quiet. We thought, okay, something, the, Gabriel's going to reveal something uh, for, uh, on him. So the Prophet, after some time, he wiped his forehead. And he's looked up and he says, where's the, where's the guy that was asking the question? And you could tell in his voice that he was happy about it. He's like, where's that guy? I have his answer. Where's the guy? And فَقَالَ The guy came. And he explains. He goes, look. He goes, good won't bring evil. But listen to this analogy. He goes, the example of money. Is like rain that comes down and causes vegetation to grow. So the animals come and they eat from it. It rains heavy. Vegetation grows. The animals come, they eat from it. But then the Prophet ﷺ, he goes, but some animals, they eat too much that it would kill them or make them sick. But he goes, some, they eat a little, they go relax, they chill, they come back and eat a little bit more. And then the Prophet ﷺ says these words. He's, and these aren't mine. These are the words of the Prophet. Indeed, money is green and sweet. It's literally like khadira. The Prophet says, indeed money is green and sweet. Whoever takes it in truth in the right way, meaning you all should be super conscious about where your wealth is coming from. The Prophet said a time is going to come when people don't even care where the money came from. You need to be aware of that. Where am I getting my money from? And where do you put it? And that's what we're going to talk about more today. Where are you placing that money? Where is it going? Where are you spending it at? He praises money. He goes, what a good helper wealth is. But as far as the one who takes it without right, not limiting themselves, not controlling themselves, then it's, it, it will kill them and be a, a, a into them on the day of judgment, a, a witness against them on the day of judgment. So, so what, what are we saying here? We're understanding that the, one of the greatest doors to the heart is wealth and wealth above necessity and spending beyond our necessity. And then we're understanding that the Prophet ﷺ praised wealth. It's a great blessing. It's a great blessing. So one of the things I think everyone in this room, if you have some wealth and, and, and yo, I already saw the parking lot, so whatever. Uh, and ain't no bus stations up in Carrollton, right? Makare, we from the East Coast. You get play bus tape, you know, whatever. Ain't no bus stations. So everybody rolled up. Say alhamdulillah. You, alhamdulillah for the blessing that you have. But, but once you realize the blessing, then I can switch the topic and go to the next part of this talk. Once you realize that this is a major blessing from God, then I can switch to the next part of this talk. And the next part of this talk is the verse of Quran. Wa'ati dal qurba haqqahu. Give the family member their right. Uh, give the poor person and the traveler. This is the one I want to talk about today. Sometimes in the Quran, Allah tells us a satanic act so that you don't follow the footsteps of that act. And in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about something pretty deep. And what that is, it's wasting and being excessive in our spending.
wasting and be, the Quran is straightforward. It says, Inna Now the word mubadhir, there's two words I want you to learn tonight. One is called israf, the other is called tabdhir. Now hear me out on this. Tabdhir and israf, according to some scholars, they mean the exact same thing. It just means to go beyond the limit in spending. And the reason why that is such a horrible sin is because it's such a great blessing of Allah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, and the reason why it's considered, the Quran says, indeed, those who are uh, spin, spendthrifts or excessive in spending, they are the, the brothers or sisters of shayateen. The scholars are like, why are they the brothers and sisters? It's because they are sharing in the same qualities, which is they are taking the great blessing that Allah has given them, the way shaitan took the great blessing of Allah, and they are wasting that blessing. They're just spending it without regard. The word tabdhir actually comes from the word bother, which means seeds. And so tabdhir is like when you take seeds and you just like throw them onto the dirt, not caring about where they fall. Now, I'm going to be real. We have a pretty young group here. A lot of the culture around like pop culture today is all about just throwing the money. I reach a point where I don't even care where it falls. It's all fake anyway, but that's a whole nother conversation. But the, the and, and this is, I, I was going to digress, and I was talking to my boy, my sheikh, actually, and he's like, you got to hit him with the, with, the, with the lyric thing. I was like, they're not ready. He said, no, tell him. There's a verse, what stubs is alayhim man istata minhum bisotik. The Quran, uh, Allah tells shaitan to prepare against us. It's war. It's war. So imagine, like, get your stuff ready. He says, prepare your voice against Beni Adam, me and you. Do you know what the scholars say his voice are, right? The lyrics of foul, foul, foul music. Those lyrics that just be going over and over in your head. I ain't even going to say them. I ain't even going to say them. Right? But that, that those thoughts that are created from those lyrics, as per Quran and Tafsir, those are the voice of shaitan. And I'm not even talking about music halal, music haram. I ain't even talking about that. I'm talking about one thing, the lyrics of what you're listening to and the ideas that are being planted as you keep reciting that. Call it what it is, you're reciting it. <laughs> I know, right? That hit different. <laughs> that hit me different. You're reciting that. So you can recite the book of Allah. You can recite good stuff. You can recite positive spoken word. But some of those lyrics that we're reciting and they're just in our head and you don't even know you're saying it. To your husband, like, yo, can you stop singing that? <laughs> to your friend, like, Why? yo, you putting that in my head. So, so the reason I brought that up is a lot of the, hop, the pop culture is all about, about spending without any regard. But I want you to understand this is a satanic quality. But here's what you got to understand. People that were oppressed, this is, how they, this is how they fight back oppression. They go the other extreme. You don't get it. You don't know what my people went through. So when we get, we go all the way out, the other way to, to fight back against that. Topic for another lecture. So the point here that I want to highlight for us is what israf means. It's, if israf is when we spin beyond the limit. When we spin beyond the limit, we go too far and we are, don't know the level, the limit of where we spend. Two words. Israf is to spend in good things, but too much. So you need a new pair of kicks. You need a new pair of kicks, like you legit need a new pair or a new T-shirt. Now, you could go get a T-shirt from Ross Marshalls. My wife made me hip to that spot, right? 
Or you could go online and get one of those $300, $400 t-shirts that only a few people in the room know you actually wearing that joint. And y'all know what I'm talking about. Israf. You needed a t-shirt, didn't you? So it's halal. You're allowed to buy that. But you went way beyond the limit. You went way beyond the limit to prove a point. And one of the reasons why we engage in israf, and I, I said this to my wife. She's like, oh, my generation, we don't know what that means. Y'all know what keeping up with the Joneses mean? See, y'all don't, see? <laughs> Who's saying they don't even know, yo? You know, keeping up with the Joneses, y'all never heard of that? Oh, man, dang, I'm getting old. <laughs> okay, so it's a saying, the Joneses is like a fictional family in your community. And every time they upgrade, you got to upgrade. My wife gave another family. I ain't even saying who that is. Now. <laughs> I was like, no, uh-uh. We in a pious place. We ain't talking about them. So we used to say keeping up with the Joneses, which means one of the reasons why we engage in israf or spending too much is because we keep looking over at what the rest of the, fam or rest of the community is doing, what other people are doing, and we keep trying to spend to keep up with them. But we're going to talk about that in more detail. So israf is going beyond the limit. The other thing is tabzir, two words I was trying to teach you. Israf in halal things. You need a new t-shirt, but you spent too much. The other term is tabzir. As I said, some scholars say they're synonyms, but some say no, they mean two different things. And what the other meaning is in an area that is not even halal to spend in, you drop in money. That's tabzir. You, and, and, and it could be a dollar. It could be five. It doesn't even have to be a lot. So, so two ways to understand it. What you have to build is knowledge to understand, first of all, how can I be economical in my, in my expenses? One of the scholars say the reason why this is so bad is because you will end up going broke. And then when responsibilities where you were supposed to pay come, you don't even have the money to do it. And let me give an example. A lot of us in this room, our paycheck is already gone because we already bought so much stuff. When it comes, you'll be like, oh, I can't help you. You'll be like, yo, you make mad money. You'll be like, yo, credit card bills right away. Meaning, meaning y'all get what I'm saying? Somebody comes and like, yo, I need some help. I just need two grand for the month, y'all. Close friend, good, righteous person. You're like, nah, I don't have it. We looking at you like, yeah, because it's all spent already. It's all, so how are you going to help anyone in the path of Allah? So the scholars, they say the reason why tabdir and israf is so wrong is because when the, when the actual haq does come, where you should spend that money, you've already wasted it. And now you go, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have it to help you. It's because where did you spend it at? Now, before I go deeper, I, wanna, I want us to understand something. The word israf was also used in another hadith of the Prophet, وسلم, the word israf. And... There's a hadith where the Prophet ﷺ was walking past a Sahabi by the name of Saad. And he was doing wudu. He was washing up for prayer. And the Prophet looked at him, watching him do wudu. And he said, Mahadis saraf ya Saad. What is this excessiveness, ya Saad? What this teaches us is excessiveness is not just something with wealth. It's anything that you've been blessed with when you use it excessively. So when the Prophet ﷺ, he saw this man using a lot of water for wudu, you're doing a good thing, you're making wudu, and you're like, oh, the more the merrier. No, the Prophet is like, you're wasting water. You're, be, conscious of, be conscious of 
Uh, so my, my, my wife was like, you going to go con you know, cons conserve on them? You going to go homeschool? I was like, yo, we got to. Listen, we have to be conscious of what we're using. Like when it comes to water, when it comes to the resources that we have, I know a lot of us is like, no, I'm on the grind. I don't worry about that. You're talking some left stuff. No, our prophet, Sallam, he taught an awareness of the resources that we have and a consciousness of how much of it you're using. And I want to go even deeper on this, yo. I think what we, you know how a lot of us, we have all these disposable things. You got a disposable scissors, cut. I'm using a few here, but you know what I mean? <laughs> so a lot of us, we, have, we use a lot of disposables, right? Listen, here's something I want to tell you. The, the Prophet Sallallahu he developed an intimate relationship with the items that he had. What do you think he did with the people that he had? Meaning, hold up, y'all. He had a cup that he named, yo. He had a bowl that he named. Like, like I, I, yo, I need you to understand. Like, he wasn't a part of this culture of just use and throw out. Just use and throw out. Like, my grandma, man, we had that sofa forever. <laughs> and when we got rid of that sofa, we cried. We're like, no, y'all got memories on that sofa. But me and you today, we like, Ikea tomorrow. Put it on Facebook. For us, everything is disposable. For every, we run through resources like nothing. And not only that, some of us in the IT world, we plan obsolescence. We plan things to just be thrown out. So, so and, and, and that's why this topic is, is, is interesting because we're, we're pushing against the grain when we talk about uh, building a relationship with the things that you have. You have a pen you use for every halakha. This is your pen. And when it runs out of ink, you're going to get a cartridge and refill it. Right? This is, you have a cup. And, and here's the crazy part. The Prophet Sallallahu he used to clean the plate when he ate from it. And then he taught us that if you clean the plate, hold up, the plate makes dua for you. That Dixie plate you throwing in the garbage ain't making dua for you. <laughs> we talk, like, what I'm trying to show you is the, the Prophet Sallallahu when it comes to resources, a man was doing wudu. I didn't even finish the hadith. I got to finish it. He said, ya, ya sad, sadif ya sad. What is this wastage? Ramadan is coming. And y'all know how much it's be with wastage. We have to put our foot down and be like, please, y'all, take what you need. That was one of the most, the saddest things we used to see in the massage in Ramadan. It's like literally the month of shukr, and here we are. We're just literally in the garbage. Ain't nobody see it. SubhanAllah. So, SubhanAllah, he said, What is this excessiveness in water? And I'm going to say it. You ready? Those one-hour showers? I was like, stop, no, don't bring that up. Some of us be sitting in that shower for like an hour, just running. It ain't a sauna, yo, go to the sauna if you want to go to a sauna. But you're just wasting water. I'm, I'm, I really want us to understand the value of water. People walk to wells today, pump it out, and then, and you just sitting in an hour, it's just flowing. At least, yo, when we were young, I sound so old, dang. <laughs> At least when we were young, there was a hot water tank that used to run out of water. Some of you, I hope so we still got that. Okay, good. Some of us, okay, telling on myself here. <laughs> uh, but then you used to have to tell your brother, yo, don't, yo, don't waste the water. 
because I need some too. So I, I want to bring this up. The prophet, he, he, he saw a, a tree cried. He hugged a tree. Ch- animals that spoke to him, he hugged them and said, Watch, beware of Allah regarding these animals. What I'm trying to tell you is in the resources that he had, he built relationships with things. He was walking past the Mount Uhud and he says, this is a mountain that loves us and we love it. Like, I don't get if, if, you, if you guys understand how to us things are disposable and hopefully we don't use people. To the prophet, things weren't even disposable. He named his cup. He named his bowl. That's why my wife always want her bowls back. <laughs> She'd be like, right? Your mom always says, make sure you bring my bowl back. So then the Prophet ﷺ, he says, Ya Saad, Mahad his Sarif. Listen to this hadith. The Saad, he goes, Awafil wudu Sarif. He's like, Can I be too excessive in wudu? Like, I'm doing a good thing. Like, if I just use a lot of water, how is that bad? The Prophet said, Yes. Now listen closely. Even if you were on a flowing river, like you don't get what that means. It means we don't even care about the resource. It's about how much you are using of it. The resource, he was on, the prophet said, even if you're on a flowing river, do we take from the river when we use it? No, we don't. But even in that case, he's teaching us a responsibility. No, what are you using? What are you doing? How much of it are you using and, and, and taking? So I, I kind of wanted us to understand this concept of israf, that israf, yes, is in money. And that's what we're going to, we're going to keep talking about this money aspect, spending too much money. Somebody told me a word called shop therapy. <laughs> Retail therapy. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. I know it's funny, but real tip, y'all. Like, on a serious, brothers and sisters, man, do we realize what we're doing to ourselves? Do you realize what consumption is doing to us? And this verse, إِنَّ الْمُبَذِّرِينَ And I'm not attacking you, and I don't mean to attack you, but you might have to look at your closet for a moment and be like, yo, take a real reality check. Take a real reality check. Because this is the next, the, what does the verse say? Do not badir tabdira, throw your wealth out like seeds. Why? Inna those who are just excessive in their wealth and spending, kanu ikhwana shayateen. They are the brothers and the sisters of the devils. And I'm sorry, that's a very strong statement in the Quran. So uh, that's, that's what we're understanding here, this, this idea of wealth and protecting our wealth and not spending it uselessly. Um, the Prophet said him, he used to make a dua. Now, now, there's two things. Tabdir is when you're spending the money in haram. Even a dime of that is, is, is very bad. Um, but the a- aspect of spending too much is something we can slip into very easy. Israf. And so the Prophet Sallallahu used to actually make a dua. And I want you to write this dua or memorize it or just listen to the recording later. The Prophet Sallallahu he used to say, Allahumma ghfirli khati'ati wa jahli wa israfi fi amri. Oh Allah, forgive my sins, forgive my ignorance, and forgive my extravagance in my affairs. The reason why I'm saying that to you is because if he made that dua a lot, it tells you it's something we easily fall into. And I want all of us to have hope, like, okay, let me be aware this is a way shaitan attacks me, but don't lose up hope like, oh, my Amazon is filled cart right now. Like, no, realize the blessing of wealth, 
Check how you're spending the wealth because there is a hadith where the Prophet says good economics is half of your sustenance. Good economics is half of your sustenance. Good economics is half. I got to get real for you for a second here. A lot of people that came from where I came from as an African-American male, we didn't get economics as kids growing up. Some of y'all got uncles that's thrifty, mashallah. They taught y'all how to save and pinch a penny ever since you were saying la ilaha illallah. But not everyone gets that education, right? And it's such a blessing for you to have that. Uh, so I just, I just want you to realize this is something we can fall into. But as we enter into wealth and become a, a generation that has something, mashallah, be careful of this trick of shaitan. Now, a lot of this is relative. What did we say? We said when you spend above what? But all of us in this room, without a shadow of a doubt, Islam isn't socialist. Oh, we all have to have the same necessity. No, you can have your level, right? That's, that's where you are according to what you make and all of this. The Prophet saw a man who was wearing tattered clothes. He was like, do you got any money? He said, I have a lot of money. He's like, well, Allah likes to see the blessing on you. Show what you have. Show what you have. So that's there for sure. But what I want us to understand is this. Israf is about you knowing you and you knowing where your need is and where your want is. Look, all of us should understand the curve. At some point, more money doesn't bring back more happiness, yo. Is it the same for me as you? No, it's not. Is it the same? No, it's not. But you need to understand your limit by knowing yourself and being true. But if you start with this equation that more won't make me happy, I think we'll all be more honest about what we need and not what we want. And the next thing I'm going to tell you is stop looking to your friends. I'm going to throw numbers. If, if, if 60 is good for you and hubby, stop looking at everybody else. Oh, we only make this much. Are you good? Yeah, I'm actually really good. Okay. Okay, alhamdulillah. What happens is we just keep looking over. Why am I content with this and they are content with that? It doesn't matter. What matters is you. The next thing is this. Abu Bakr, one day, may Allah be pleased with him. He gave sadaqah. He went, Prophet needed, we needed to raise funds quick. The Prophet, Omar goes home, Abu Bakr goes home. Well-known hadith, but I want you to see something. Omar goes, I was stacked these days. Like I had money. And he was like, today's the day I beat uh, Abu Bakr. Because they, they ain't good. They always competing in good. First stuff, charity, fighting in the path of Allah. You need people like that. They're like, yo, I beat you to the first stuff. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, okay, I got you next week. You know what I mean? You need people like that. So Abu Bakr is trying to, he's like, today's the day I beat Abu Bakr. They both bring money. Till today, we don't even know how much. They bring money. When the money comes, he lays his down. Abu Bakr lays his down. For some reason, Abu Bakr, the prophet did not say, how much did you bring? He asked a very interesting question. He said, Abu Bakr, how much did you leave at home? Switched it up. Because you never expect someone to ask that. It's not about how much I left. It's how much I brought. So for some reason, he asked, how much did you leave at home? Abu Bakr is like, I have to tell the truth. He's like a half. Of all my assets. Come on, y'all. And Omar says, when he said that, when he asked the question, I knew I was done. 
I knew I was done. He's like, it was done. We don't even know how much he gave after that. He's like, I lost, I lost that. And I realized that day I can never beat him. But here's, here's what I want you to see. How much did Abu Bakr give? Half of his assets. Did the prophet accept it from him? Yes, he did. Can I give you another example? They were collecting sadaqah for the battle of Tabuk. A man came with a brick of, with a brick of uh, gold, like a little egg of gold. And he said, here, Ya Rasulullah, this, this is my share. I know it sounds harsh, but hear me out. The prophet picked it up and he threw it back at him. Some of the narration say he threw it so hard, if it hit him, it would have hurt. And then he says, why are some of y'all coming and giving charity and tomorrow you're going to be begging people for money? Why am I saying that? Because his level, one egg, was, was, was too high. Abu Bakr, his level, half of his wealth, Prophet was like, you're good. Because he knew the day after he won't be asking people, people for money. Why am I saying that? Why are you sharing that? Because Israf, I can't tell you how much to spend. Islam is not like that. But I can tell you to be true to yourself, be sincere, find that number, that area where you no longer need people, but you're happy and you're content. When you get that number, be true to it. And if anything more than that comes, give it in sadaqah, I'm good. Because anything above that, I'm telling you, it'll throw you off. It'll throw you off. It'll throw you off. Listen, Hadith of Tha'laba, Ibn Kathir narrates it. I've said it before, but it fits the occasion. Tha'laba came to the Prophet He said, Ya Rasulullah, times are tough. Make dua that Allah give me wealth. The Prophet he said, maybe it's not good for you. Tha'laba turned and left. A few days later, he comes back. Ya Rasulullah, make dua that I have wealth. The Prophet says, Ya Tha'laba, maybe it's not good for you. He turned and he left. He comes a third time. Now you come a third time, Prophet's going, all right, cool. The Prophet raises his hands and he says, Ya Allah, bless him with wealth. Fill him with risk. Give him, give him a lot of wealth. The narration says within one week, he had two or three goats. Those goats started to multiply. Within a short time, he had 10, 12 goats. But he had 10, 12 goats. His neighbors were like, you can't live here with 10, 12 goats. You got to move out like to the suburbs a bit. Pr prosper or something. I don't know. <laughs> right? You got to move out. You can't be here with goats. Then the goats got big. They would grow. They grew. They grew. They grew. They grew to a point where he had a valley of goats. And they say that before the money came, he was in the masjid every prayer. And slowly it went from every prayer to once a day, once a day to once a week, once a week every now and then, till we didn't see him until Eid. Then when someone sent a messenger to go collect the money, he goes, oh, I got a lot of bills to pay. What I'm trying to tell you is you got to truly inside understand that ask Allah for what's enough. That's it. And ask Allah to help you understand what is enough for you. And then get off social media. Stop looking at what everybody else got. Get off that. So you don't keep comparing. And that will be the key to us, not our wealth not becoming something by which shaitan misleads us through. So I'm going to share... Oh, we got to wrap up in a minute. I'm going to share some of the things that lead to Israf. There's about six of them and then we'll be done. The number one cause of Israf is, is ignorance, jahl. You don't know what we learned today. You feel that my wealth is my wealth in Islam. I could buy whatever I want. I'm not buying khamer. I'm not buying alcohol. I'm just shopping a lot. No, Islam does teach you how to use your wealth. 
Alhamdulillah, our deen is complete. That is a beautiful part of our deen, that it teaches us how to handle our wealth. I'm going to say this again. We'll be questioned. What's the first thing we're questioned on Yom Al-Qiyamah about? Salah, right? You know one of the next things? Your money. Where'd you get it? Where'd you spend it? Right there in the same sentence of salah. You, miss, you make all your prayers? Yep, got all of them. Uh, how, much, how much stuff were you buying all the time that you didn't need? It's not about what you need. No one's accountable for that. It's about, do you feel anything when you just, like, splurging for no reason? Do you think about other people around the world and realize the blessing? That's what I'm trying to build within you and myself tonight. This awareness about every dime that I spend. When I'm just randomly buying stuff on Amazon, like I'm like surprising myself with gifts. <laughs> build that awareness within yourself. Because, because, no, I think there's a thing where they call it adult money. You know, when you finally get that first check when you're an adult. Big boy money. And you're kind of like, oh, wow. Like, oh, let me get two of those. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, be careful. That's satanic, man. As Muslims, we're very conscious about our spending. And so um, number one thing that will lead to too much spending is ignorance about this religion and about what our deen teaches. Number two, ta'thir bil bay'ati. Your household was one where y'all just splurged. It's going to be hard to fight that back, but you got to be aware. If you grew up in a household where everybody was just spending extra, that's going to be ingrained in you. Number two, number three, this is a big one. Wealth after poverty. You feel me? So you went through hard times, and then all of a sudden it comes. So what happens is the natural nafs is just like, it's, 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 it doesn't hold back. It doesn't hold back. But we have to hold back. So, and that's why I said Ibn Taymiyyah, he says, there's the test of not having and the test of having. And the Sahaba said that the test of having was actually harder than the test of not uh, the test of, of not having. The next thing that causes us to spend too much is ghafla anil akhirah. You're not aware of the akhirah. Look, you're not aware that you will stand before Allah. You're just, I'm living this life, I could do what I want. No. You will be questioned about your wealth, you'll be questioned how you spend it. So watch Allah regarding that. Uh, number five, this is the big one hanging around people that spend a lot of money extra. Now, I know we all got good friends, um, you know, but, but you need to surround yourself with people. When you want to change, you surround your people that embody that same change. That's all I can say. That's what grown-ups do. When we want to run a lot, we join the run club. You know what I mean? No, for real. Like, you surround yourself with people who do what you do. That is, makes it conducive that you will actually hold to that. So if you have people that just splurge money that they don't have, right, got credit card bills like crazy, then you need to watch yourself and maybe that's not the best company for you. And if it's someone really close, you got to have that talk like, yo, halakha uh, class 10, um, yo, watch it and let's talk about it, yo. Let's talk about that. Maybe we need to check how we're spending. Um, so uh, hanging around or keep being in the company of people, and that's why the Prophet ﷺ, he said, uh, that a person will be on the religion of the people that they keep uh, company with. Um, so today's talk uh, was mainly about wealth and how shaitan uses wealth. I want to recap. Wealth is one of the greatest blessings Allah can give us. If you have it, don't, don't feel bad about that. Feel blessed and say, alhamdulillah. Just keep praising Allah. Uh, after you realize it's such a blessing, in that same breath you should realize that wasting it is a great sin. 
two ways to waste it. To waste it on something haram, that's khatara, that's very dangerous, right? The other is to waste it in haram, in halal things, you're just going too far. The other thing we mentioned is that israf or excessiveness and wastage is not just in wealth, but it's in material things. The Prophet connected to things, like he felt a connection with the things around him. And the deen teaches us that everything glorifies Allah. And he said that the plate that you clean after you eat from it, that you wash and you put back in, the, that plate makes dua for you. And so he was connected to the things that he used. And I said, if he could connect to things and you did that, what do you think it would do to the people in your lives? What would that do then? So we talked about this, the Sahaba being on the river and the water flowing and the prophets like, I don't care how much water there is. It's about what you use from it. That's the consideration. And so today's lecture is about the thing. It's mainly about wasting the potential that God gave you. In the Quran, Allah says, those who waste what we have given them, who spend excessively, they are the brothers and they are the sisters of shayateen. It is a very strong statement. But once you realize the great blessing of wealth, you'll realize that the statement is justified. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from us. Uh, may he give us halal risk first. Um, and if we have haram, may he find a way out for us to get halal risk. May Allah make us modest and, 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 and shy about spending too much. May Allah allow us to show the blessing of wealth that we do have and be proud about the blessings that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. May he make us of those who never forget the days that they had, they did not have in the times that they do have. May Allah make us amongst the grateful people. Jazakumullah khair, subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik, nashhadu Allah ilaha illa anta, nastaghfiru wa atubu ilayk, subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun, wa salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa rabbil alameen.